So today is week number two in our forward series. It's also part of our 2024 theme of Take Your Next Step. In the first three weeks of this particular series, we're focused on taking the next step when it comes to stewardship. That is stewardship of time and stewardship of treasure and stewardship of talent. Now, each one of those represents a gift from God, and each one is more fully utilized when it is stewarded well. This last week, we talked about the next step in stewardship of time, and I mentioned a challenge that all of us are facing. And the challenge is none of us can change the past, and none of us are guaranteed the future, but what we do have is a gift from God, which is the gift of today. And the issue is, what are we doing with today? If we want to take a step forward in stewardship of time, if we want to redeem time, if we want to make the most of our time, then we need to be unbelievably focused on what is God leading each of us to do today. And that's very personal. That is very specific. How God is leading you might be different than how God is leading me. But the issue is, are we listening and are we focused on that today? Now, speaking of today, we're going to take another step in this. And today, our focus is on the stewardship of resources. The idea of what does it look like to steward possessions and resources well? Now, if you were here in November, you already got a head start on this. And what I mean by that is less than two months ago, I did a message entitled The Gospel in Finances. And in that particular message, I gave a three-minute crash course to everybody on biblical stewardship. Now, believe it or not, that was the extended version. This morning, I'm going to give you the same piece in three statements. Here it is. Number one, God owns everything. Number two, God blesses us with work and resources and the ability to make money. And number three, we are stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Bam! That's simple. That is your crash course, biblical stewardship. It's, it's right there. Now, there's a lot you could elaborate upon, but that's the basics of biblical stewardship. Now, understanding biblical stewardship is easy. Uh, Practically living biblical stewardship sometimes can be more challenging. And it's not that the principles are hard. The issue comes back to sometimes there's unexpected things that happen. Like how, how do you budget well and give well when, you know, an air conditioning unit dies or when you've got extra medical expenses or you're trying to save for the future or you've got needs for your kids or tuitions come and do or whatever it might be. Sometimes it takes time to figure out, God, what does stewardship look like in my life? But today what I want us to do is ask the question, what would it look like if each of us took the next step of stewardship in our life? And let me become even more specific on that. What would it look like if we each took another step towards generosity? Now, some of you might be already thinking, man, of all Sundays to show up at church, I picked the Sunday where pastor's talking about money. I, I get that. I do. Um, I understand sermons on money are about as popular as a root canal. I, I get that. But let me say, I also think that can be sad. And the reason I say that is because I believe Satan has confused a lot of people when it comes to money. And because of that confusion, 
it is keeping them from some of the blessings God desires to give. Now, now just hear me on the front side. You all know I am not a wealth, health, and prosperity preacher. I'm not going to come and say, if you put this amount in, then God's going to do this for you. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm simply going to share what Scripture says. But, but listen to what the Bible says, just a few passages just on the blessings that God promises with generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Proverbs 19, 17, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord, and he, speaking of God, will repay him for his deed. Psalm 112, verse 5, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely. Jesus says, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, give and it'll be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Proverbs 22, 9, the generous will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, if that's all you have about generosity from Scripture, those few passages God promises to bless, to refresh, to pay back, and to care for those who are generous with others. There is a direct correlation between our generosity and some of God's blessings. Now, here's what I want us to do today. I want us to study a text on what I'm going to call unusual generosity. And you'll know more of what I'm talking about once I get into it. And then I want to share what God has done in 2023 through your generosity. And by the way, this is, this is one of those things that sometimes when a pastor talks about money, it's because the church is broke. It's because bills have not been paid. It's because nobody's tithing. Oh, please hear me. That is not the case here. This is a blessed church. And you're going to hear that today. I'm teaching on this because it's a part of understanding stewardship. It's a part of understanding the whole counsel of God. And I can also tell you that there's very few places in your life, apart from what happens with stewardship of resources, that you can see God more actively at work faster than when you say, God, I'm going to trust you with what you've entrusted to me. So that's a piece. I want to share with you all what God has done through generosity right here, and then at the end, I'm going to simply go through and share how it is as a group and as individuals, we can take another step forward in stewardship of resources and stewardship when it comes to generosity. Now, I'm going to give you a promise. I'm not going to guilt anybody into anything. I'm a firm believer in the fact if the Spirit of God is not prompting someone to act, it's going to be limited in what it is going to do to help in the long term of things. If God's moving in your heart today, there's that today part, still from, if God's, I want to encourage you, listen as the Spirit of God leads you. That being said, turn with me in your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, will be in verses 1 through 5. I am speaking this morning on forward in stewardship of treasure, forward in stewardship of treasure. Here's what the text says. Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God, which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great 
ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. And this not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Let's pray. Father, by your spirit, would you guide us into all truth? Lord, as we share today what you have done in 2023, God, may every ear clearly hear that the praise goes to you. Lord, you have blessed in an incredible way. In Jesus' name, amen. So we begin with our big truth, our key truth for today. Here it is. Generosity is a voluntary expression of grace that transcends wealth and circumstances. You don't have to be rich to be generous. You have to be generous to be generous. Now, I want to explain that idea within the context of this passage. So look with me again in verse number one. It says, now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia. Now, there's three main churches that were in the region of Macedonia. Those churches were the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, and the church of Berea. That's not Berea. Berea's my wife. <laughs> this is Berea. That's a B-E going on. And by the way, some people call her that anyway, so she'll answer to both. But all right. So it is important for us to point out that the region of Macedonia was unbelievably poor. It was poor because it had been ravaged by war. It had been plundered by the Romans. Uh, Despite their poverty, the Macedonian believers were unbelievably generous. We find that in chapter 11, verse 9. Also, Philippians 2.25, Philippians 4.15, Philippians 4.19. Now, their giving was not primarily out of philanthropy. It wasn't just out of human kindness, but instead it actually tells us that their giving was a part of the grace of God that was manifested to them. It says, now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given. Grace is God's unmerited kindness towards us. And one of the effects of sanctifying grace in a person's life is that when they have been blessed by God, they have a desire to bless others as well. So what were they giving towards? According to what we find in the biblical record, they were giving to an offering that would help believers at the church of Jerusalem. Now, that might sound strange. Why would the Apostle Paul go to one church and say, hey, let's take up an offering for that church? You, by the way, you talking about having to have a kingdom mindset? You better have a kingdom mindset there. Because so many times we're like, well, we got needs right here. We got bills right here. Why would we take money here and go give it over there? Well, he tells us why that was the case based on Scripture. So the church of Jerusalem from its very inception was a church that was dealing with a lot of poverty. The reason for that is partially because of persecution. When many people became followers of Christ, many of them were persecuted. Many of them lost their jobs. Many lost their homes, lost their businesses, lost their family, lost their friends. And as a result of that, 
poverty was huge. But there was another part of this. The Romans extracted all they could from conquered territories. They seized resources, and they imposed heavy burdens of taxation. As a result, there was a lot of poverty that was right there in Israel. Now, the Jerusalem church tried to meet those needs as best they knew how. In fact, one of the greatest passages on this, Acts chapter 2, 44 and 45, it says, all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now that is incredible generosity. They're caring for each other's needs and it worked for a while. In the early days of this new church in Jerusalem, Acts 4.34 says, there was not a needy person among them. What a great word. But persecution continued to mount, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. And the Jerusalem church was overwhelmed with needs and undersupplied with resources. So to care for believers, the apostle Paul in his missionary journeys would go to other churches and take up an offering for the believers there in Jerusalem. And that's what's happening right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He is asking the Corinthian believers, would you be a part of this offering? And he's using the Macedonian believers as an example of generosity. Verse 2 says, that in a great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of liberality. In verse number two, it addresses this misconception about generosity. Sometimes people would say, if I had more money, I'd be more generous. Remember our key truth. Generosity is a voluntary expression of grace that transcends wealth and circumstances. You don't have to be rich to be generous. You got to be generous to be generous. Sometimes, you might have noticed this as well, sometimes some of the most generous, loving people you'll ever meet in your life are those who have the least. And they just freely open it up and say, whatever I have is yours. Now, the Macedonian believers were incredibly poor. The word affliction, it refers to pressure, that of grapes that were being crushed. The, the word poverty here is a word that speaks of somebody who has almost nothing to the point of having to beg others to care for their own needs. So while poverty limited the amount that they could give, it did not diminish their joy in actually giving. Paul speaks of the abundance of their joy. He says, overflow with a wealth of liberality. This is a good word for all of us. Their poverty did not impede their generosity any more than their tribulation diminished their joy. They still had joy. They were going through persecution. They had joy. They were poor. They had joy. They had needs. They had joy. Joy is not based upon circumstances. Now, this last phrase does require a little bit of extra thought. It says, an overflowed in the wealth of liberality. Uh, liberality is also translated as simplicity in chapter 11, verse 3, and it's translated as sincerity in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5. So the word itself, it is the opposite of being double-minded. 
Now think about it like this. Some people struggle with double-mindedness in giving because they're trying to figure out, do I keep this for my needs or do I give this to somebody else? And what Paul is saying is the Macedonian believers were blessed with unbelievable single-mindedness in their giving. In other words, they believed that as they cared for the needs of others, God would meet their needs. That's walking by faith. Look at verses 3 and 4. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation. I am waiting for the Sunday when Pastor Ken stands up here and everybody says, oh, Ken, please, please pass those offering plates. I'm begging you for an opportunity to participate in generosity. This group, it says, urging for the favor of participation. The Macedonian believers did not give grudgingly. They did not give under compulsion. They gave freely. They gave gladly. They gave joyfully. Now at this point, just those two verses alone, we have a structure for biblical generosity. This is in your notes. Biblical generosity is proportionate. It says they gave according to their ability. Notice he, he didn't have a specific amount he was asking. He just he, it gave them an opportunity to give. It was sacrificial. It says, and beyond their ability. Their giving was beyond what could reasonably be expected for a group that had so little. It was voluntary. It says they gave of their own accord. Nobody was strong-arming them. Nobody was coercing them. That goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning. I don't want to guilt anybody into giving. What I do want to do is share what Scripture says on the topic and invite people to talk with God personally. What does that look like in my life today? Here's the last part. Enthusiastic. Begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. They begged the Apostle Paul for an opportunity to give. They wanted the privilege. They wanted the favor. They wanted the blessing of being able to help meet the needs of other believers. Look at what it says in verse 5. And this, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Oh, that's key. That's key. Paul had been reluctant in this to, to even ask the Macedonian believers for resources, knowing their condition. In fact, he says they gave in such a generous way, it was not what we expected. He was like, it, it was not what we thought was going to happen. But then he tells us why they did it. They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's key. Remember what I keep saying, everything God desires to do in and through your life, he will accomplish out of the overflow of your relationship with him. When he has you, whatever he's put at your disposal is very easily his. It says they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then it talks about from that and to us. 
They, they, they gave to the journeys, to the ministry, to the mission endeavors of Paul and Titus and Timothy. They cared for the needs of others. It's a beautiful picture of unusual generosity. Now, I want you to hold that in your mind. That is our text. That's describing biblical generosity. And now, I want us to take a moment so that you can hear what God has done through your generosity right here. And by the way, the reason I say your generosity is because every single ministry of Sherwood is supported by the financial giving of people right here. What that means is if people don't give, these ministries have to be cut. These opportunities have to be cut. So when we describe this connection between God's activity and what people have blessed this church with in resources, there is a direct correlation. This is a snapshot, and it's, a, it's like a five-minute snapshot of what God has done at Sherwood in 2023. Consider this to be a really happy State of the Church address. Sometimes if you watch the State of the Union address, it's not overly happy. This is a really happy State of the Church address. So this last year, as a church, we saw 327 people make a profession of faith in Jesus in 2023. 139 new members added, 67 others baptized. God blessed with a 10% increase in Sunday morning connect group attendance, another 10% increase in Sunday morning worship attendance. The pastoral staff made over 1,700 sympathy care contacts and over 900 hospital visits this last year. You know the reason I bring that up is because if giving doesn't come, pastors don't get a chance to get out like that. This is a part of the body of Christ. You all may remember that 2022 was the largest giving year to the annual budget in the history of the church. Guess what? 2023 beat 2022. Amen. 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 Not only did God allow us to meet the needs of the annual budget of five and a half million, he went above and beyond $300,000 beyond that. Above and beyond giving to the annual budget, God blessed us with an additional $1.1 million in designated gifts that people gave to help update parts of the facility, like the atrium project that was redone. Pieces of the building God has given above and beyond. An additional 42,000 came in beyond that for world missions. And I'm going to share some really exciting news about Meet the Need in a few moments. That's a whole other story in and of itself. Now, those numbers represent a little bit of what God is doing in individual ministries. And I want an opportunity for you to hear what God's doing in individual ministries here. Now, this is also one of those pieces that for me, I am so excited because it gives me a chance to tell you how grateful and how proud I am of this staff, the volunteers, and the people of this church. I am unbelievably grateful because this isn't 
just one person doing something. This is individual people who are using their gifts and using their time and using their treasure in order to be a part of expanding the kingdom of God so that we can come together so that all may know Christ and make him known. Like that's what we're about. So listen to this. By God's grace and an answer to prayer, in 2023, our children's ministry saw a 10% increase in we care, had 600 volunteers and participants at VBS, 25 children making a profession of faith in Christ, 18 got baptized. Our fifth graders went on a mission trip to New Orleans, and our fifth graders led a lady to Christ in a park while serving a church plant in New Orleans. The student ministry, amen, hey, listen. Feel free to clap as much as you all would like. It's all good. The student ministry saw 46 professions of faith while serving in local schools this last year. They saw 10 baptisms. They saw a rise in student-led uh, discipleship groups and a rise in students starting their own prayer groups to pray for the ministry and for their lost friends. The young adults ministry saw a 19% increase in weekly Sunday attendance, a 60% increase in weekday small groups, five professions of faith, six people baptized in young adults. Alpha Pregnancy Center had over 3,400 points of contact with clients. They shared the gospel over 400 times, saw 22 people make a profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And listen, 30 women changed their minds about abortion after seeing the ultrasound. They did. 320 ultrasounds, 443 pregnancy tests, and saw 271 people involved in classes. That's over 80% increase from the previous year. Praise God. God blessed our worship ministry with 21 new choir members. The release, amen, amen. The release of a new single in March, get this, a 257% increase in Sherwood worship on streaming services, now being listened to in 88 countries around the world. Amen. The worship ministry was blessed with over 3,300 people at our Wonder Christmas concert and saw 40 professions of faith in Christ in those two nights. Sherwood Sports and Rec had 207 coaches and 30 volunteers who poured into 1,195 children from 75 different churches in the city and those who are not a part of a church anywhere. By sharing the gospel and emphasizing discipleship with all of their teams, they saw 24 professions of faith, 57 children interested in a relationship with Christ, and 48 kids interested in the next step of baptism. That is kingdom ministry. God has allowed our hospitality department, get this, to provide 19,426 meals through the kitchen. 
and host a number of outside groups. The Source Cafe and Bookstore had over 23,000 visitors this last year. Half of those are outside of Sherwood. They provided 496 meals to uniform law enforcement and 167 meals to area pastors. God allowed our connections team to meet with 507 first-time guests out in the atrium. We also saw at the Hope Center, we were blessed to receive over 4,600 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child from Sherwood, SCA, and area churches. They purchased 120 beds for children in the community who did not have a bed. They saw six people baptized, helped four men transition off the street into a Christian-based rehabilitation program. They delivered over 140,000 pounds of food to 1,387 families in this city. Amen. But I'm not done. It's like a late night infomercial. There's more. They served 1,600 meals to the homeless, enlisted 488 volunteers to engage our city. They offered 17 life skill classes, helping people develop a skill to get a better job. And listen, 358 students took them up on that opportunity. My friends, that is incredible service in the community. Through the Albany Biblical Counseling Center, our counselors had an opportunity to sit in 745 sessions with people, helping them walk through difficult things in life. That's 745 times of looking across a desk or a table at somebody. Is there sharing about heartache? Is there sharing about addiction? Is there sharing about divorce? Is there sharing about loss? Is there shared about trials and struggles? That's hard ministry. They were blessed to see one person come to faith in Christ. Their counselor pool expanded to six certified counselors, and there are 16 individuals in the process of being certified as biblical counselors right now. The communications, amen, let's clap for them too. Cross the board. The communications and media department launched four brand new websites in 2023. The new sites are for Alpha Pregnancy, SCA, thisisthegospel.com, and wordtruth.org. They helped launch the 10,000 Strong Prayer Initiative, the Share His Story videos. They also were a part of updating the videos as well as the book for our Discover Sherwood and were a part of also getting things set up on our Nights of Worldview as well as our Nights of Answering Questions. They also introduced a new texting platform for guests and very involved throughout the atrium renovation project. They informed me that Sherwood's live stream services are being watched in 61 different countries and the views on Sherwood's YouTube channel alone are up 22% from the year just prior. At SCA, God continued to bless with increased enrollment. We're right at 400 students as a part of SCA. In addition to strong academic success, the students earned two back-to-back -back state championships, varsity boys tennis as well as one-act play, one state runner-up in varsity football, two final four appearances, volleyball and boys basketball. They did a mission trip to Dominican Republic, saw nine professions of faith in Christ, and six baptisms. 
baptisms. By the way, have I told you yet, people from Sherwood served on mission teams in Ethiopia, St. Louis, Portland, New Orleans, Puerto Rico, Zambia, South Africa, New Guinea, Thailand, and Guatemala. We were able to help two more church plants get started. The women's ministry had three unbelievable events, and those helped minister to women from over 30 different churches. We hosted the Christian Worldview Film Festival that brought in over 900 filmmakers, writers, and producers from 40 states and eight countries. And at that event, there were many different decisions for Christ and for baptisms. That's just some of what God has done in 2023. God has blessed. I say it over and over, don't ever get used to the activity of God. Every time you hear of what God is doing, it should fill your heart with joy and thanksgiving and gratitude because God didn't have to do that here. He doesn't have to use us. He doesn't have to include us, but he chooses to. Now, for those of you who have been a part of Sherwood for a while, you know that year after year, we get a chance to see God do incredible things. But I, I want you to hear me as best I can again. If you have given to the ministries of Sherwood, if you have served in any of the ministries of Sherwood, thank you. Thank you for your investment. Thank you for giving. Thank you for using the talents God placed in your life. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing, the story that he is writing right here through Sherwood. Now, with all of that happening, what does our next step look like? What does it look like for some people? For some people, that next step might be that they take a step in serving. Maybe they've not engaged in that. For somebody else, it might be that they've been giving sporadically, and for that person, maybe the next step for them is to start giving regularly. Or for another person, maybe they've been giving regularly, but maybe God is challenging you today that the next step for you is to give towards the tithe, that 10%. Or some people, they might have already been there, and God is saying, I want you to go beyond this. Whatever that might be, again, this is specific to what God is leading in your life individually. So that being said, I want to share a little of what God just did this last year in our Meet the Need campaign. For those of you who have been a part of Sherwood for a while, you have been very familiar with the Meet the Need campaign. So for those of you who are not familiar, this is like a three-minute overview, and I promise we're going to end, and we're going to sing, and we're going to praise Jesus for what he's done. But Meet the Need was started back in February of 2012. It was a $26.5 million project. It was one-year giving with matching challenges and campaigns. This giving went towards five different missional endeavors. It went towards construction and renovation out at SCA, construction and renovation that happened at the Hope Center, same thing that happened right here at Sherwood's main campus. This was also above and beyond the tithe giving. Now, part of that 
is that there was an initiative that was put out by Pastor Michael back when this started, and that was to plant a church, a healthy church, in each of the 32 sin cities across North America. I am grateful to report to you all that as of this last year, we were a part of planting number 32 to complete that piece. Amen. So for those of you who do not know, the reason this is important is a Sin City, is a city that was recognized by the North American Mission Board as having a huge unchurched population. 83% of the U.S. population lives in one of these cities. And if we're to reach this country, you have to have healthy churches in cities where people live. Now, praise the Lord, God has allowed us to be a part of that. But also, here's the reason, here's how we've been able to be a part of these things. Last year, our pledge goal was 1,156,000. Look at what came in this last year. Let's bring up the next slide. 1,373,000. Over 216,000 above and beyond what was pledged for the last seven years. God has allowed this church to give above the pledged amount. Now, part of that, meet the need, goes towards servicing debt. And last year, we showed you all this image. Let's bring it up. You can see meet the need financing. It started 26 and a half million. The next part of that, it went to 14 million. And then last year, you all saw it was 6.2 million. That's where the debt load was at. Now, remember everything I've already shared about how unbelievably generous this church was. This last year, because of a couple of one-time gifts that came in, look what happened to the debt last year. Praise the Lord. Above and beyond, we dropped $2 million off of the debt load. Now, some of you all know for Two and a half years, I've been praying, Lord, can we be debt-free by 2027? My friends, that's in striking distance. Keep praying. Keep praying. So in addition to those things, God allowed those funds from 2023 to help work in Sherwood Residency Program for new church planters. We have prepared a six-month and a 12-month training program for church planters to come in. Also, we got our processes in place. We have prepared three houses for these families to come into. We have hired our new director for Sherwood Residency Program. You all might know who this is. He's sitting right on the front row, right over here. Mr. Patrick Sebesta is the new director of Sherwood Residency Program. And at the same time, Pastor Philip Joyce is stepping into his role out at Sports and Rec. Also, we have been able, amen, that's a blessing too. By the grace of God, we are in a place that by June of this year, we will be able to receive our first families coming in as church planting families who will spend six months to a year with us, getting to know us, getting the DNA of this church so that when we send them out to plant a church, listen, I'm gonna tell you right up front, I'm gonna challenge everyone here, if God's leading you, go with them to plant the next church. I know that might sound strange for a pastor to say, I'm gonna encourage you to go with somebody. 
But if the Great Commission is correct, we're called to go to the nations. And God is going to be stirring the hearts of people here. It might be he stirred your heart to be a part of a church plant. If that's the case, we want to celebrate what God is doing and send families out and singles out so that they can go and be a part of these church plants. Also, we prepared a leadership pipeline for Sherwood. We've equipped each of the pastors, directors, and department heads to train current as well as new volunteers in a leadership pipeline. Here's the reason it's important. As the organization grows, leaders need to grow along with it. We need new leaders to fit new roles. Also, we were able to redesign and help launch out the new thisisthegospel.com website and invest discipleship and evangelism resources in hundreds of churches across the state of Georgia. We've got a lot more that is taking place in this upcoming year. You can see some of those initiatives right now. Many of those pieces are going towards bringing new families in to the residency program. It's going towards the full implementation of the leadership pipeline, as well as producing more translations and trainings with This is the Gospel. To accomplish that, Here's the goal that we're looking at for 2024. We're asking God to help us raise 1 million above and beyond the tithe in 2024. Now again, this is one of those things that, this is in the area of generosity. It's in the area of, of God prompting individual believers. Now, I'm not gonna pressure people. I'm just saying we got a lot of great stuff to be a part of. And if God's leading you, we want to encourage you to take that next step. So on Sunday, January 28th, will be our Pledge and First Fruits Sunday. We're asking people, as you came in, you received one of those cards for Meet the Need. We ask you to take that home, pray over it, and then return it on the 28th or on the Sundays after. Now, if you're wild and crazy and you got it filled out now, drop it in the offering plate today. We are, we're not going to hand that back to you. We're okay with that. But here's the thing, we encourage you, pray, and here it is, see what God's leading you to do today. Not what did he lead you to do three years ago. Different things change. Ask God, what does that look like today? So as we close the service, hopefully you can see we have so much to praise him for. We got so much to be grateful about. So as we close out the service, different people might have a next step. It might be for some of you that, that your next step right now is just saying, God, I just feel like I need to get along with you in prayer and thank you for what you've done. It might be that some people are saying, I've been coming for several weeks, several months, but I feel like God's calling me to join with this church. If that's the case, let that be your next step. Some of our pastors, some of our pastor's wives will be at the front. And I have asked if Seth would do a repeat of the first song that we started with today. Joy in the house of the Lord. We got much to be grateful for. So I'm going to ask you if you would, just bow your heads for just a moment. Heads bowed, eyes closed. As we're preparing for this final song, would you simply ask God, what is your next step in stewardship of time and in stewardship of treasure? How does he want you 
to be involved. If he's prompting you to come and to pray along the front, feel free to come and pray. If he's prompting you to to talk with a pastor or pastor's wife because you need prayer, if you want to know more about a relationship with God, you want to find out where you can serve, whatever it might be, it's important that we follow those promptings quickly, that we don't, we don't linger, but as God leads, we obey. We're going to have this final word of prayer, and then we'll stand and sing. Right now, Lord, as a corporate body, as best we know how, we give you full praise for what you have done. We thank you. We praise you. We're grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.